What do you have that God can use? How will you let him use it? What unimportant things do you need to empty yourself of so that God can fill you up with what matters most? Well, join us as we continue our excellent message series, Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful for you joining us today. And as we always say, we, we believe that you are listening for a reason and a purpose today. And we are praying that, that God will show you what that is. Uh, again, thank you for being a part of the Venture family. I want to say happy late Father's Day to all of you dads out there. Thank you for being the dad that you are. Uh, today we are in the third week of a message series called Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. Uh, if you were uh, tuning in or downloading the, the podcast on the first week, we, we burned some plows. Last, last episode, we, we were digging some ditches. Well, today's episode, we're going to grab some jars. And next week, let me share a little bit about next week, we're going to grab our edge back as we look at an axe head that actually fell into a body of water, and by the power of God, he used Elisha to get the edge back. We're going to apply it metaphorically into our lives. So for those of you that maybe have lost your spiritual edge, there was a time when you were maybe closer to God than you are today. There was a time when the fire burned brighter. I believe next week will speak to you in a very, very strong way. Today's episode, though, I hope today's episode will minister to everyone, but especially, I believe it will speak to those of you who feel overwhelmed. If you feel like there's just too much going on, uh, you're in need right now, if you feel like you don't have enough energy, maybe enough time, uh, some of you may feel like you're really low on faith. Well, I'm praying that today's episode will build your faith and minister to you in your time of need. In fact, uh, just in the last few weeks, I had two different conversations that just reminded me of, of how common this type of pain can be. I, I was talking to a guy who just looked desperate as he explained to me his financial dilemma, and he just said, I'm so far in a financial hole, I don't think I can ever dig myself out. And, and you can just feel the pain and see in this guy's eyes because of the financial pressure that he was experiencing, uh, he was just having a rough time. And then I talked to a single mom who works a full-time job, and she cleans two homes on the side, just trying to make ends meet for her and her three children. And she said, there's just too much. I don't have any help. I can't raise these kids. I, I don't know how I can possibly continue to do all this and, and make it. If you find yourself today on empty, you feel like there's just too much in one area of your life or another, it's my prayer that God will use this story that we're going to talk about today to minister to you in a deep in a life in a, and, and have a life-changing uh, uh, impact on you. So let's dive into our text. We're going to start with two verses, just set the context, and then we're going to read some more, and we're hopefully just going to let God speak to us, okay? It comes from 2 Kings 4, uh, 1 through 2. Here's how the story starts. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, 
your servant, my husband, is dead, and now that he re- and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So let's talk about these two verses, because there's actually a lot in them. The first thing you'll notice is we don't know this poor widow's name. We don't know who she is, right? Well, according to Jewish tradition, many believe that she was actually the wife of the prophet Obadiah. And if that was the case, then it would have been no wonder she was in a financial need because Obadiah was known for protecting and providing for over 50 other prophets. So if indeed, if it, if it was Obadiah's wife, he would have taken all the resources he had to, to meet the needs of other prophets. And, and quite honestly, it would, it would not be uncommon at all for, the, for a prophet's family to, buy, to be financially struggling because they, they would spend the majority of their lives on the run, trying to survive. And so it was very difficult to make ends meet. So if you can picture this, we have a widow. We're going to guess some, she's somewhere maybe in her early 30s, maybe mid-30s. Uh, she just lost her husband, right? That's why she's a widow. She's got no chance at, at meaningful unemployment uh, because in this culture, women were unemployable unless they would take the job that no woman would want to take. Uh, right. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there. Right. It's if you don't understand, uh, ask me later. <laughs> okay. Um, and so she's in a really, really devastating place. Right. And now the creditor is coming after her two sons because the law said, if you can't pay your debts, they can take your sons as slaves and they will be slaves until they're released in the year of Jubilee. So it doesn't get any worse than this. Right. Humanely speaking. Right. She has no hope whatsoever. Uh, she's lost her husband, she can't pay her bills, and now she's going to lose her sons. It doesn't get any worse than this. And that's something I always try to remember when I face with what I call life's smaller problems, right? It's amazing how riled up I can get about things that are really not a big deal. And yet it happens all the time. For example, if you get really riled up because the GPS on your iPhone took you to the wrong place again, that's an entry-level problem, right? If you're at the restaurant and you, you're just devastated because they put too much goat cheese on your salad, that's an entry-level problem, right? If you're really, really devastated because you only got seven likes on your most recent selfie on Instagram or whatever social media platform you use, and no one said, hashtag, you're so beautiful, I can't hardly stand it, and you wonder, what did I do wrong? You know, was it the wrong side? Should I have done this side? Maybe I should have done a mirror shot. Do I look okay in my new dress or my suit or whatever? Or maybe I should have done a duck face, whatever duck face means or looks like, right? Those are entry-level problems. The reality is many of you today, you don't have entry-level problems. So you've got some graduate-level problems going on right now. Maybe your marriage is barely hanging on and you don't know if you're going to make it. Someone that you love just betrayed you and lied to you and, and what you thought you had, you don't know what it is anymore. Maybe you've got a child that may be going the wrong way, and you, you're mature enough to know if, you, if he keeps going down that road, and, and they're going to end up in a place you, you don't ever want them to be, right? And you're in agony because you're watching someone you love make decisions that are going to hurt them. Some of you, you may be in a financial situation where you, you don't know how you're going to get out of it, and there is such stress, you just feel strangled in that kind of a, a, a financial agony, right? Others of you, it may be a health issue. 
You went to the doctor or someone you love that did. And, and if there's not a miracle from God, you don't know what's going to happen. And you may end up experiencing the very thing you wish never would have happened. You've got a graduate level problem. If you're in, in a significant need today, I want to give you uh, a key thought uh, today that I believe God is going to drive into our spirits to build our faith, okay? Here's what it is. When you don't have what you really want, you will discover that God is what you really need, right? Let me say it again because it's really important. When you don't have what you really want, you will discover that God is what you really need. So let's unpack this story and let this point come to life for us, okay? This woman is in significant need, and, and she expresses her need to the prophet. And what does the prophet do? Let me first tell you what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, oh, man, that's a bad problem. Stinks to be you. He doesn't blow her off, and he doesn't say, oh, that's bad. I'll be thinking about you. By the way, isn't it always funny that, that when people say that, you know, that I'll be thinking of you, if I'm hurting, don't tell me I'm, uh, I'm thinking about me, you know, that you're thinking about me. Don't, don't think about me. Pray for me, okay? Do something significant. And that's exactly what Elisha does. He makes himself available to her, and, and you see this in verse 2 of 2 Kings 4. Elisha replied to her, and what did, he, what did he say? He said these five words, how can I help you? You want to make a difference in this world? You want to be filled with joy? You start every day and you say, God, I'm available as your divine representative. Anytime there is a need, even if I can't directly meet the need, I want to be a conduit to minister to this person or to this situation, right? And when someone at the office says, I've got a problem or I've got migraine headaches or my husband is driving me crazy or my kid is going off the deep end, what you should say is, how can I help you? And you make yourself available just like Christ would. Then Elisha says to her something that is very profound. He he respects her dignity and he says, tell me what you have in your house. In other words, he doesn't say, I'm here with all the answers, but he respects her dignity. And he says, let's start with what you have and let God meet your needs through what you have. She then replies, your servant has nothing there at all. Isn't it interesting that when you're hurting and when you're lacking, all you can see is what you don't have, and you miss all the blessings that you do have. This is going to speak to somebody because when we get down and we get depressed and we're hurting, we just, we're just consumed with what we don't have, right? I don't have enough money so I can never be happy. I don't have a spouse and so I can't have a meaningful life just now. My house isn't nice enough so we can't host a life group because everybody knows the Spirit of God cannot move unless it moves on the top of a granite kitchen counter, Right? That's sarcasm, right? It'll move anywhere, okay? I don't have what I want, so life doesn't matter. We all know someone who walks into a closet with clothes everywhere, and what do they do? They touch all of them, and then they say, I have nothing to wear. You can clothe an African village with what you have, but yet you say, I've got nothing to wear. <laughs> all you're focused on is what you don't have. And this is exactly where this poor woman was. She lost everything, and all she could see was her lack lack of, uh, of, of the things she thought she didn't have. So I want to ask you this question. What do you do when you don't have much? What do you do if you don't have much? Well, I want you to write this down if you can. Otherwise, just kind of put it into memory. Um, I want you to stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Okay? Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. In 2 Kings 4, 2, Elisha says this, What do you have in your house? 
And the woman replies, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of olive oil. I don't have anything there at all except this one little thing, right? That's what she does. Well, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. And you may say, well, what good is a small jar of olive oil? Olive oil was actually incredibly valuable because it was very rare and had tons of important uh, um, uses is what I want to say. Oil was used in cooking, which is a good thing. It was used to help lamps burn, which is a good thing, right? It was used as a moisturizer, right? Because you just couldn't go to Bath and Body Works and get some stuff to squirt on your face and make moisturizer, right? You just couldn't do that, right? It was used to help keep leather pliable. It was used to keep iron from rusting. It was used as an offering to God. It was also used to help anoint people in religious services. It was very valuable. But she didn't have a lot. She only had a little. You know what? I'm so thankful that we serve a God who specializes in doing a lot with a little. Because we serve a God who is absolutely incapable of doing a lot with a little, right? All through Scripture, you'll see it again and again. Back in the New Testament, whenever Jesus had taught to thousands of people, and at the end of the lesson, everybody's hungry, and, and the disciples say, well, who's going to feed these thousands of people? And everybody goes, well, I don't have any food. And a little boy came up and could have said, I don't have a lot, but I do have a little. And he took what he had, and he said, all I have is five loaves, two fishes. And in the hands of the Son of God, a, a little bit became a lot, right? And they fed the thousands, and even had 12 basketfuls left over. Because we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. In the Old Testament, when a whole army was afraid of the Philistines because of one man, Goliath, who stood them down, guess, what, guess who God used, right? A little shepherd boy named David with a little bit of faith and a little stone who said, who are you to come against the armies of my living God? Everyone thinks you're too big to beat. I think you're too big to miss. So somebody duck, I'm taking this guy down, right? And God used a little boy with a little faith and a little stone to take the big giant down. In the New Testament, again, Scripture is really clear. Jesus said, if you have just a little bit of faith, not a lot, and some of you say, I'm low on faith, and all I have is a little. Well, we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. If you just have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and you will have what you ask for. If you just have a little bit of faith, we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. And Elisha says, what do you have in your house? Remember, God asked Moses one time, what do you have in your hand? And he was talking about the staff in his hand, right? What's in your house? Notice God never said, what do you want or what do you need? But he asked, what do you have? Let's stop waiting for what we want and start working with what we have, right? Because God has given us everything we need to do everything he wants us to do. I don't know how this will speak to you, but some of you, you're going to look at what you have and say, I wish I had something else so I could do something more significant. And God's going to say, no, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. And you may say, but I'm not a, I'm not a good upfront person. I'm not that charismatic. I'm a good behind the scenes person, right? Because I don't like to be up in front of people and, and be in that situation. Well, Jesus said the servant is the greatest of all. So stop waiting or wanting something else and do the important assignment God has given to you. There may be a guy listening who says, man, I'm not a good provider. I, I don't make a six-figure six income. You know, I wish I did. I wish I had something more or whatever. And, and God would say to you, hey, you're home seven nights a week with your children. That's important, right? Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. 
You see, gentlemen, the most important thing you do may not be with be what you do, but who you raise. And when you're a man of God to your children, that is a huge success. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. My second thought that we learned from this awesome story is this. We're going to offer God what we have and trust him to give us what we need. I want you to watch and listen as this comes true in 2 Kings 4, 3 through 7. Here's what he says. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. When she offered with what little she had, God gave her everything she needed. As long as there was an empty jar, the oil kept flowing. This is a ridiculous request, right? To ask her to empty out everything she has and to trust God to provide what she really needed. But that is how our God works. When we show him our faith, we get to see his faithfulness. I don't know how this will speak to you, but, it's, but at some point, when you take what you have and stop waiting for what you want, but you offer what you have, God will do something special. And he said, go get a bunch of jars. Get a bunch of jars. Notice he didn't say what color. He didn't say what size. He didn't say what shape. What did he say? The only requirement is that the jars must be what? Empty. It could have been any kind of jar, right? It could have been a milk jug. could have been a peanut butter jar. could have been a a butter tub. Because Lord knows everything goes great in a butter tub, right? We use those for everything. Because God, God can use any shape, size, or color. He just needs it to be empty. How does this apply to you? Well, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says in the New Testament, but we have this treasure, which is Christ Jesus, in jars of clay. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Well, what is that referring to? Do you know what that is? That's our bodies. That's what we are. We're clay pots, right? We are dirt houses. That's what we are. We have this treasure, which is Christ Jesus, in jars of clay. What is God looking for? God is looking for a few empty jars. When we empty ourselves of self, when we empty ourselves of pride, when we empty ourselves of greed, when we empty ourselves of our own agendas and come to God totally empty, then he fills us up with oil, which has always been a symbol of the Holy Spirit, right? And suddenly you realize when you don't have outwardly what you wanted, it is God that you truly needed, and suddenly he is enough. He is sufficient in every single way. You see, when you are weak, he is your strength. And when you're hurting, he is your comfort. When you're lost, he is your guide. And when you're hungry, he is the bread of life, right? When you are thirsty, he is living water. When your life is unstable, he is the rock that does not move. When you realize, I don't have what I wanted, then suddenly you discover he is exactly what you needed. And someone listening and downloading this episode, you are, you are empty. You are possibly empty. And you are lacking. And you're going to look to him. And he's going to become everything that you need. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Offer God what you have and trust God to give you what you need. Because when you don't have what you really want, you will discover that our good God is what you really needed. 
Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we hope you'll come and be a part of next week as we wrap up our series of Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.